0: Welcome to the InVibe Live Conversations podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We will offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us all on our journey to live more InVibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at InvibeLife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E dot com. We're grateful that you are here.
1: Hello, welcome to InVibe Life Conversations with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. We're joined today by Dr. Tanisha Wards, who's a functional medicine doctor located in Austin, Texas. Dr. Wards, thank you so much for being with us. I'm so excited about this podcast for a lot of reasons, but here's one of them. I feel like with a lot of our guests over the last couple of years, we've sort of talked a little bit about functional medicine or referred to it, but no one's ever just told us this is exactly what it is. This is exactly what I do. This is exactly what you can expect. So we're so grateful for you to be here today and share that information that I think a lot of people want to hear.
2: Great. Yeah. We could dive right in. Um, Well, we want to hear a little bit about you and your background too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So yeah, we can absolutely start there. Um, I think like most functional medicine practitioners, we get into it, A lot of the time for our own personal stories, and that's exactly what happened with me. I, at 15 years old, became what's called a medical mystery. No one could figure out what was going on. I had um, symptoms, and this literally happened overnight. I woke up with almost all my joints in severe pain um, and unable to bend them, and severe fatigue, brain fog. Like it just, it. I literally overnight woke up not okay, and at the time the best way i could describe the pain was it felt like shards of glass scraping from the inside out of my joints it was a very bizarre feeling and my mom called my pediatrician they brought me in through the back door i was quarantined i know that's a word we all know now um but back then it was like the girl in the bubble crazy went from doctor to doctor and basically they kind of just said we don't know what's wrong with you and the fatigue got worse i missed school really my whole life was falling apart. I was a cheerleader. I couldn't do anything. And it was, um, a holistic doctor functional medicine probably wasn't a word then, but it was a more holistic minded doctor that did things like herbals and nutrition that took one look at me and said, she's got Lyme disease. Oh, that was, wow. that was after my mother did her own research and found this, this doctor. She, she kind of had a thought and he, he confirmed it. Um, and so since then I, I really knew and I probably had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder of like, these guys didn't help me. They ran all the tests and all they could offer me was antidepressants and um, anti-inflammatories and steroids, which really didn't help that much. Um, it just, it just wasn't helping. It was masking a little bit and it didn't help the chronic fatigue. I was less sad, <laughs> but I was still exhausted. And and so they really didn't have a solution because I didn't really dig down and figure out what in my body was dysfunctioning and why. And that's probably kind of the crux of functional medicine. We're trying to figure out what is blocking the body or what is missing from the body that is, um, what is the reason it's not functioning at its most optimal, not just symptoms, but why isn't the body able to function properly? I love it. It's, it's so interesting.
0: I had mentioned, I have a physical therapy clinic Lyme disease is something that it's, it's not super uncommon. I would say it's not common. I don't see it a whole lot, but it's always that mystery. And it takes a lot of doctor visits, a lot, a lot, a lot years before somebody says, this is what's going on.
2: I bet you probably see it a lot more than you even know, because I think chiropractors, acupuncturists, physical therapists are probably the people seeing this the most, but these people have been slapped with a fibromyalgia diagnosis, chronic fatigue diagnosis. And my question is, why, why are they in pain all over? Why are they tired all over? Why isn't their brain working? You put some of those three things together and, and that's a pretty typical textbook case of Lyme disease, pain, fatigue, and brain fog. And, and you're probably seeing a lot of your, I would say, and I, and I, and I found this to be true in my own clinic. My doctorates in chiropractic is patients would come in in pain, and then they'd start telling me everything else that's going on. And my spidey senses just thought This, this fits a picture. So a lot of your fibro patients probably have an underlying, we call them stealth pathogens or a tick-borne illness or some other infection, right? We also deal a lot with Epstein-Barr virus and parasites and other things in functional medicine, but I bet a good majority of them, if we took a case study in your clinic, a lot of them probably have misdiagnosed Lyme. I believe that. Okay. So now
1: we're going to go down a wormhole because I'm fascinated (laughs) by this. How long can the symptoms of Lyme disease show up in someone's life if they haven't been diagnosed?
2: So this is an interesting question because we now know for me, I knew exactly when I got bit by a tick, I had the rash. I knew I had ticks. I grew up in Michigan. Like we just didn't put it together because the disease wasn't well-known. Most people don't see a tick. It's, they like to go in things like the hairline under your armpits, you know, right at your sock line, if you're in tall grass and they sometimes attach, infect you and detach before you even get home and can do a tick check. So a lot of people never find the tick. And so what we do know is you can get bit and infected and that, that bug, that infection, that bacteria can lie dormant for decades. I am not kidding for decades, we think people have had it. And then something happens. And I'm seeing this as an epidemic. People are getting COVID. Their immune system's taking a dive. Guess what? These bugs are like party time. Your immune system's busy with something else, or they go through a divorce. They go through grad school, they get sick with mono. And then, and then it expresses. So it's lying like right here under your immune system. And the immune system goes, we're busy or we're exhausted. We're stressed. We're hitting burnout. And then these guys are like, opportunistic time, let's attack the nervous system. And we had a not
0: break their leg. And that's when, and it was the femur. So obviously the biggest bone in the body. And that's that, a it's a big deal. There was surgery that set off all the Lyme disease symptoms. And it you was know,
2: anesthesia alone can be, if somebody, and this is taking functional medicine even deeper, we look at genetics. So if someone is a poor detoxer, meaning they have, um, some det- some genetic defects in their detox pathways, specifically <gasps> the MTHFR gene, the methylation gene, and they go through something I've like anesthesia,
1: <laughs> it's
2: very common. They go through something like anesthesia and they can't clear the anesthesia. Well, like these people feel like junk for yes. weeks after a surgery mm-hmm. that has triggered Lyme. You're absolutely right. So was it the break, the trauma, the healing, process, right. the surgery, the anesthesia, probably all of it,
1: all of it. Mm -hmm. And is there a test to see if someone is suffering from symptoms of Lyme disease?
2: So that's where things get a little tricky. Um, the traditional, they call it the, um, Eliza test antibody test that you'd run through your lab core principal labs or something is not very accurate. It's about 60%, 65% accurate. So a lot of them go as false negatives. We use two different tests in our, in our clinic. One is a urine test because these are what we call stealth pathogens. They can get out of the blood and they can hide. They can hide in ligaments. They can hide in tissue. So I like to do a urine test oftentimes because I'll have them do a lymphatic drainage massage first to kind of stir up these bugs. And then we also do a blood spot test where we're looking for the actual microbe under a microscope and the antibodies, just the antibody test alone. It can come back false negative a lot. Is the same with Epstein-Barr? Because I feel like
0: that's an, another one that is just popping up everywhere.
2: So the testing for Epstein-Barr is better, but yes, it is popping up everywhere. I have seen so many COVID cases um, trigger Epstein-Barr virus. I actually had Epstein-Barr virus come up after the birth of my daughter at 36. We are going through a whole clinic build out. There's a lot going on. And I was so fatigued and I thought, oh my gosh, my Lyme disease is back. I haven't dealt with symptoms in two decades Started doing some tests and I I didn't feel it was Lyme. I didn't have pain. I just had fatigue and brain fog. And I was like, this is not just I've got a new baby. I'm mom tired. I'm staying up watching one more episode on Netflix, right? Like it became a, it hurts to lift my limbs and my head. And I can't, like I'm exhausted from having to think throughout the day. It was a mental and physical fatigue. I started running some tests and it was Epstein Barr virus. So very similar situation going through something stressful that virus can reemerge and you can have multiple flare-ups of both of these diseases in multiple times of your life. And it can take years to get the flare-ups under control. If you don't know what you're you know, trying to control. Fascinating. So I've also- I'm making a list for myself right now.
0: <laughs> well, I've read some stuff about doing different cleanses once a year or so that kind of help our body because a lot of these things are really just lying dormant in us, right? We all kind of have it, right? And with you do the cleanse, it's kind of helping the system process, the liver have a little bit more strength, that sort of stuff. So that it, your chances of it coming when some trauma happens in your life are less, if you're staying on top of that, do you, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah. So there's a couple parts to that. I think now more than ever in the last couple of years, people are paying attention to their immune system and their toxic load and just how healthy they are from the inside out and at the same time, if I think somebody's really, really toxic, I would take a step back and do some gut healing and some, some kind of building you up before we break you down situation in our clinic. Because if somebody goes after a really int- if somebody goes into a really intense cleanse and they're not healthy, they're not in a healthy place and they're full of toxins, they're going to feel worse for a long time. Not saying they shouldn't do it. They just might want to start with lighter, gentler cleanses, um, I think everybody could benefit from an annual cleanse. We live in a toxic world. We've basically created a world we can't survive in hardly anymore with chemicals and preservatives and stuff in the water and the air. So absolutely, we could all benefit from a cleanse. In um, Chinese medicine, they say every change of seasons, we should do like a three-day fast or a juice cleanse or some sort of cleanse. They say just some sort of purging of toxins, but sometimes people are so toxic and their gut isn't working very well, they can't eliminate the toxins so we're just stirring all this junk up and causing inflammation. So there's very much a process that we follow to get the liver ready, you know, by, by healing the gut first, because the liver is going to dump those toxins into the GI tract. And so we got to make sure the GI tract is ready for the task, but all of that together, absolutely. Everybody should be doing annually to stay, to keep their immune system up. So when life happens, you know, homeostasis happens quickly. Yes. We're going to get out of balance. Yes. We're going to stop sleeping for a while, or we're going to go into fight or flight. It's going to be stressful, but how quickly can we come back to kind of, you know, level playing field of homeostasis and these bugs don't show up and ruin our lives basically. Yeah.
1: So good. So let's go back to the beginning now that we're so deeply (laughs) in really what is functional medicine? If you had to define it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is the practice and the art of getting your body to function at its most optimal. And so a really good, good also visual is when traditional Western medicine is looking at labs, they have a range from here to here. That's the pathological range, which is a synonym for disease. If your thyroid is out of this range, you have thyroid disease, right? So in functional medicine, we want it to be right here is your thyroid A in range and B is it, is it optimally functioning at its, at its best? So if something's a low normal or a high normal, we would, we would help balance that. So we get it right in the middle to where it's functioning best. So it's not just, are you disease-free? Are you also able to function well? Is, you know, this organ communicating with this gland and is the body functioning, how it's designed to function?
1: Is there any overlap between traditional medicine and functional medicine or is it definitely more?
2: we oh definitely we we co-manage and work with a lot of people's primary care doctors we just look at blood work differently mm-hmm. it's not black and white we're looking for patterns we're looking for things to jump out at us we're looking for a lot of things to lean high normal or or low normal and i think honestly we just dig a little deeper for example the stool tests that we might run also have a whole plethora of your good bacteria so it might not be that somebody has a parasite or a bacteria in their gut that's causing distress It could be that they don't have enough good guys, good bacteria. And that's just something that traditional gastroenterologists just don't look at the same way, or even really look at, they're looking, you know, do you have things like H pylori, which is correlated to stomach cancer? You know, they're looking at high level pathological ailments that, you know, are oftentimes life or death where we're like, okay, well, they don't have X, Y, Z bacteria that, you know, is fatal if we don't handle it quickly but they don't have enough good bacteria to digest their food. So they have gas and bloating and diarrhea. So, so very different ways we look at things also. If I had to define it, I would say that a lot of Western
0: doctors get real specialized and and they look at the body in pieces and segments. And to me, I think a functional doctor is looking at us more holistically, like looking at, okay, yes, this might be your symptom, but what is causing it? And let's look at the whole picture, not just how you feel, but how you think and, you know, what's going on in your life. And sometimes I don't think Western doctors, and I hate to put anyone in a like, like a box, but It's just a story I hear often and you know, that like the left hand's not talking to the right in Western medicine kind of thing.
2: I heard someone say once the more specialized the doctor gets, the dumber they get. (laughs) And I thought that was interesting because you're right. Like, you know, if you're just, if you're looking for zebras all day, you're going to find them and not see any of the other animals kind of thing is another good analogy I've heard. So, so I do think that there is a miss when the practitioner is not looking at the whole body, what is going on in your life? What stresses are you under? What other infections have you had? all that matters. How are you sleeping? Are you even drinking enough water? Like all of that sometimes isn't even, um, discussed. So I would say, you know, functional medicine has to do with how well you're functioning in just your everyday life too. We start everybody in our program with a whole morning routine of water and, um, getting up and doing gratitude practices in a journal. They get a journal when they join our practice and, and there's certain emails. We make them say, tell us one thing that's going right this week. And, all of that matters because oftentimes people who have been sick, and I should note that by the time they end up in our office, they've been to five or six doctors. They have a stack of labs like this. Sometimes people believe have a hard time believing they're going to get well. They've been sick mm-hmm. so long. They've identified with being a sick person in the family. They've had to alter their life or their jobs or they're working from home or they had to leave a job. So a lot of the mindset is we have to make sure their mind's keeping up with their body as they're pacing and healing too. And it's it is all it is full body. Yeah. mind and body i should say
1: so i'm you know gathering that there are a lot of components to seeing you when someone comes into your office what would a typical appointment look like or relationship look like with you or another functional medicine doctor
2: yes so there's three of us in my practice um and our first initial consult is an hour long we spend time doing a full timeline history Questions are, are things like age zero to 10. Did you have any major traumas, major accidents, exposure to ticks, toxins, parasites, mold in your home, all of these things. And, and we just dig into it, you know, were you breastfed? And then we go through 10 to 20. When did mency start? What were the issues there? If any, did you have to stay home from school? Because They shouldn't hurt that bad if everything's in balance. And we do that all through their life. At the same time, we pull out the major symptoms and we have the patients rate them on a scale one to 10 as a a baseline. And then I take a step back and compare the history. There's also 13 pages of paperwork with their symptoms and say, okay, these are the three tests I want to run, or these are the four tests I want to run to get more data. And so that's the first visit that takes a whole hour just to go over that. The second visit is usually two weeks or so after we go back and we look at all the labs. Let's say we did hormones and stool and blood and maybe mold. And we look at everything and say, okay, this is what we found. This is our starting point. This is where we're going to be in three or seven months. And then we start treatment. Um, And it's all different. And we have to do the right thing in the right order. Again, you can't really detox the liver if the gut can't process those toxins out of your body or the kidneys can't, or your lymph system is congested. So we have to, everything has to be done in the right order for the body to respond properly. And oftentimes if we find Lyme or we find mold, that's the last thing we do. And people are like, Hey doc, I came in for fatigue. Why are we doing gut repair? And it's like, well, if you're not absorbing your nutrients, you're never not going to be fatigued.
1: <laughs> I would think that for a lot of people, particularly people who have, um, dealt with some sort of kind of mystery illness, there would be such a sense of relief and gratitude that someone finally cares.
2: There's a lot of tears. Um, there's a lot of tears. I actually had a video consult with a new patient
1: yesterday
2: and the, and the wife was so sick in bed that. They did the zoom with her husband sitting on the side of the bed, asking her questions. And he basically spoke to, for her and, and there were some major red, you know, light bulbs that went off and we figured out that they moved into a house that's about 75 years old. And she got sick when they moved into that house three years ago. And I immediately said, do you think you could have a mold toxicity? That's actually very common here in central Texas. He's like, funny. You say that. I think we have mold. We're having a remediator come out. Well, then the question lies in, well, why is she sick? But he's not when they moved into this house. And it's too coincidental. She said, I've told my doctors that this house has made me sick. And they're like, okay, like that's not possible kind of thing. But there's a whole industry for mold toxicity illness, Um, a whole respiratory and inflammation issue. And she feels like she has air hunger. She can't take a deep breath in. And so I said, you know what, we need to test your urine for mold. We need to test your house. And if you're having an issue and he's not, we need to check your detox pathways genetically. And, and she just started crying. She was like, thank you for not thinking I'm crazy that my house is making me sick. And I live in an old house and it's a humid area here in central Texas. Like it's pretty common. So we have a lot. And then he started crying. Then I started crying and I haven't even (laughs) met these people yet. So we see a lot of tears most of the time it's tears of joy and most of the time the tears come when the tests come back like i it's my favorite part and and the hardest part is telling people like hey we found something i'm sorry and thank God we found something. <laughs> like, yeah, let's celebrate yeah. that now we know what the hell to do.
1: Hi, it's Amy. If you're enjoying the content you're hearing on this podcast, then Cheryl and I hope that you'll go check out our website at InVibeLife.com. On the website, you will find tons of articles, our archive podcast, links to our social media, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all where you can find more information on curating the life you most want in order to live in vibe. We hope you'll check it out. A lot of the listeners have heard this about me. I have um, a rare medical condition and it's actually a vascular malformation in one of my lungs. So it is physiological, but there were, there was a lot to get to figuring that out. And after, you know, so many doctors saying, yeah, there's, I mean, it's weird to say it's disappointing to hear there's nothing wrong. But when you know there's something going on and everyone's telling you there's not, and maybe even giving you Xanax or something like that, it's like, well, you're anxious. Like, well, I am now, but I was yes. before, you know, because you yeah. know I have these three little kids and something's going to happen, and how am I going to handle it? And mm-hmm. you know, I, that. I, I, think, I know exactly. For, I think for a lot of people, there's a huge sense of relief even to hear. Okay, we know what it is. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let mm-hmm. let's get to it. And I think there's a sense of hope there when you learn someone can help you with
2: it. Yeah. And, and empowerment, right? Yeah. And empowerment, like you've kind of named the beast or the monster, exactly. right? And and yeah. and, it, and the beautiful thing is we have group chats and group calls with people, but also then people find online communities and they realize once they figure it out, they can realize I'm not alone. There's people who have healed. You know, there's just like you said, so much hope.
0: I love it. I love it. I know one of the things that you brought up in an email that we had all had was three easy ways to support total body health. I'm sure people would love to hear what you think about that.
2: Yeah, this is so high level um, and so simple, but so complicated. Sleeping, sleeping, pooping and hydration. <laughs> Those three things, if those three things are not happening, you are not in a healing state. So sleeping can be anything from thyroid to adrenals to brain chemistry imbalance. I mean, there's so many things like, right. If you don't have enough GABA, you can't calm your brain at night. So sleeping can be huge. Also parasites are nocturnal. Sometimes parasites in people's gut keeps them up all night. Sleeping can be complicated, but it's so simple. If you're not getting six hours of uninterrupted sleep, you can't heal you can't, your cells can't rebuild, um, pooping. I, we talk about it all the time. You know, you're only as healthy as your bowel movements. If you're not processing your food, you're, you're just, you're not going to heal. You're, you're not going to, your cells aren't going to regenerate properly either. And, you know, you need all that food for brain chemistry and good fats for neuro connections and then hydration. It's so simple, but how many people go out to lunch and get iced tea, right. And coffee and, we really should be in. We've heard this a million times. Everybody talks about it, drinking half our body weight in ounces of water. I take it a step further and, and usually have people add minerals to their water at least once a day. You could get liquid minerals at, you know, here in Austin, people's pharmacy, or even just a pinch of Himalayan pink salt, mineral salt or Celtic salt. What the minerals do is it takes the water into the cell wall. It helps it transport over the cell wall to keep you more hydrated. And if you're doing too much salt, you'll start feeling puffy right? and your rings might be a little tight, you just back off. you're getting a little too much. But I think that water sometimes isn't enough. We need to add the minerals to it to hold the water into our cells. So those are the top three things I would say at the very least people can just start figuring out if I'm not doing these things, why? what's going on with my you know sleep circadian rhythms, what's going on with my digestive tract, and then just drink the damn water. <laughs> Right.
1: The yeah, well, and, so we have a friend and guest on the podcast who's a, her name is Eloisa Mina. If anyone wants to go listen to the podcast and she's a registered dietitian. And we did an episode on leaky gut and gut health with her. Mm. And on the pooping, <laughs> we talked about this because she said um, that, you know, it shouldn't take you any longer to poop than to urinate. And most people don't realize that. And, you know, one of the things we talked about is no one talks about this. I think we all know you should get six to eight hours of sleep, whether we do or don't or think it's realistic. We kind of know that. I don't think people know that if that's not happening, you should be looking
2: at why and thinking
1: about seeing someone.
2: I agree. And, you know... (sighs) I don't know why it's not talked about. I, when my daughter is seven now, when she was two, there's something called the Bristol stool chart. And and it tells you one and two, there's seven different pictures of poop. One, two, and, and are very constipated. Three and four are perfect. Five, six, seven are loose. And the little pictures of it. And I taught my daughter at age two, she'd go potty when she was potty training she'd come and run in and tell me, mommy, it was a good poop. It was a three. And like, if she came and told me it was loose, I'd be like, okay, what did she eat? Did she not tolerate something? You know, have I been skipping her probiotics? Like what, what's going on? Did she introduce a new food? Like all of that's so important. Just, you would not believe people walk into my clinic and tell me that they have not had a bowel movement for 13 days at a time. And wow. The longest I've heard my jaw. I, I, poker face, poker face, right? Like that's a long time. Like I try not yeah.
1: to freak out and drop your jaw and go, what? Yeah.
2: And the analogy I like to use is, well, what'd you have for dinner last night? Okay. Let's say you had fish and rice and green beans or whatever, put that on your counter in your kitchen, hike your heat up to 98.6 degrees. What's going to happen in 13 days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what's
2: happening in your intestinal wall. That's going to cause diverticulitis, you know, wearing down of the intestinal lining, ulcers, ulcerative colitis. Like that's how, especially if it's processed food that you're not eliminating, that's how we get all the GI issues. And why that really matters is most of our brain chemistry is made in the gut. Our serotonin, our dopamine, most of that's made in the gut. You've seen our, these yogurt commercials, 80%, 80% of our immune systems in the gut lining. So if you're, if you're not going to the bathroom properly, You can't think properly. You're not in a good mood and you're going to get sick. (laughs) Your your immune system's low. So the one really neat thing that's happened in our clinic through the whole COVID thing is we've had more and more patients show up just saying, I'm not healthy. It's time. I've gotten sick a couple of times. Like what do I need to do?
0: I love that. I, I do think that that is one good thing that came out of COVID is people are starting to take a little more responsibility for their own health and be like, what can I do? To build my immune system when they were just kind of going through the motions before, you know. Totally. So, mm-hmm. And
2: taking life for granted, right? Like we all do and have and, and did, but now they're like, okay, how do I boost my immune system? And it all starts yeah. so foundational in the gut lining.
1: Yeah. So I do want to cover one last thing, just because I know from looking on your website and just speaking to you before we started this podcast, uh, something you see a lot is chronic fatigue. And I know a lot of people, particularly a lot of women. Um, struggle with it or do, but don't know they have it or whatever, someone in your life. Will you just talk about that a little bit?
2: Yes. I think that chronic fatigue and burnout is a, an epidemic that we're just not talking about women specifically just think this is life. I'm a mom, I'm running a business. I have a, you know, team or I'm a, you know, leader in my, where I work. And, and, and this just is what it looks like. I'm exhausted all the time and and they just go and go until they can't sometimes and then it expresses as something big that they can't get out of bed and we just accept it we accept that we just don't feel good all the time and i and i question that and and encourage women to get things like annual blood levels of all their vitamins and minerals get stool samples figure out what they're not absorbing there's a lot of things we can do life hacks to you know, mindset work, hydration, all of these things to help our mitochondria and our cell make more ATP and energy to keep up with life. And sometimes it looks like we need to take something off our plate. Like we can't always do it all because that's going to make us sick. And it's back to the old, put your oxygen mask on first. I think that women just go until they redline and and I've done it in my business. And then we just crash and it it can cost us everything, marriages, businesses, jobs, you know cuz we're juggling it all and we have to keep our bodies healthy first and it's hard it's really hard and the biggest thing is well what's causing the chronic fatigue it can be Epstein bar virus it can be a deficiency it can be a toxicity and that's where we can dig in and help people figure it out
0: i love it this is so informative and so good i can't wait for everybody to hear this cuz i feel like it's a bigger conversation that we should all be having no matter where your health is today But, you know, it's a good opportunity to look at what do you want your
1: health to be tomorrow? And I feel like there are going to be a lot of people listening who think,
2: sign me up. So do you see
1: people virtually or do telehealth?
2: We do. That is another really cool thing that's happened over the last two years is we can see people all over the country now through a program that's HIPAA compliant on Zoom, a type platform. So absolutely. Yep.
1: And tell people where they can find you.
2: Our website is Austin holistic, Dr. Austin holistic com. Um, all of our handles are infinity wellness, ATEX. and mine is Dr. Tanisha T E N E S H A.
1: And it. we will put all of that information in our show notes. So people can easily just click on the show notes and find you. I am blown away and so grateful that you were here.
0: Yes. Oh, thank you.
1: I yes. feel like we covered a lot. We, <laughs> we did cover a, a lot. Covered
0: a lot, but this is great. I'm sure that people, you know, everybody out there listening, please share this information mm-hmm. because you don't know what somebody else is dealing with, and this information might really help someone, or it might give them the permission to go ahead and reach out to Dr. Tanisha Ward and get some help and
1: uh, and you know, the hope to feel better, the hope
0: to feel better that somebody's actually listening to them.
2: Our, our goal is to help people really just have the energy to be who they are, to be present and live their God-given purpose. And you can't do that when you feel like crap,
0: literally. Yeah. I love it.
2: Thank you so much for yeah. coming on today.
0: This has been very good. Yeah. Very thank you. It was thank a you. pleasure.
2: Thanks ladies.
0: Thank you for joining our conversation today. For more information or to learn more about InVibe Life, we hope you'll visit us at www.invibelife.com. You can find links and show notes for this episode on our podcast page. Please like, follow, and leave a review for our podcast. We hope that you will listen again soon.